You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 38. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening, making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the podcast, well, thanks for checking it out and welcome. It's good to have you listening today. And if you're coming on back, well, thanks for coming on back. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston. That's J O D Y Livingston. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's show you can find on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 038. I'm excited about today's guest and especially the topic. If you're like me, you may find yourself at a conference and you're just completely overwhelmed by everything that's going on. I am notorious for wanting to do everything all of the time. I don't want to miss anything when I get there. Um, If my wife is with me, that's always a bit of tension because I kind of want to run to everything, see everything, do everything, be in every session. I just don't want to miss anything in that, and I will run us ragged. And she is constantly, graciously, and wisely reminding me that the point of a conference is not to leave exhausted. And so there's a little bit of a tension there for me as I try to figure out how to really get the most out of the conference and be a good steward of my time there and the resources that were spent there. So today we've got Rick Lawrence on the show. He is the editor of Group Magazine, and uh, he is going to be giving us some tips on getting the most out of a conference. Rick's the perfect person to come on and do this. He is a part of a lot of conferences, both as a speaker and as an organizer, as a part of the Simply Youth Ministry Conference. And uh, he's going to give us some really important tips on how, how to really get the most out of a conference without kind of neglecting the conference, how to take care of yourself in particular while at the conference which I thought was really, really helpful uh, in that. So he walks through that a little bit, and then he talks a little bit about the upcoming Simple Youth Ministry Conference, which is coming up in October. And honestly, I do hope you'll uh, make time for that if you're able. Uh, It is always a refreshing experience to get away with other youth pastors and youth workers, learn um, from others and what they're doing, but really just to be refreshed. So I certainly appreciate Rick's willingness to come on the show today. I think you'll get a ton out of it. And I know you'll find it helpful. So with all of that said and all of that out of the way, we'll jump in here to today's interview with Rick Lawrence from Group Publishing and Simply Youth Ministry. Thanks for jumping on the show today and joining us. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy, a lot of things planned and and coming up. So I appreciate you taking the time to come. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jody. It's it's great to be here. Um, I'm also really excited about the topic today. We're talking about getting the most out of a conference. I've benefited a ton from uh, conferences over the years, specifically the Simple Youth Ministry Conference here the last several years. have formed some amazing friendships even out of that. And so I'm excited it's back. Um, and I do want to get to that today as well at some point. But before we jump kind of into that, if you don't mind 
just take a few minutes, kind of introduce yourself to folks who may not know you, a little bit about your journey in youth ministry, what you do now, and how you ended up here. Sure. Um, well, I've I've been editor of Group Magazine, which is the world's most read youth ministry resource, coming up on 29 years wow. uh, this fall. So really long time. I was 26 when I came here. Um, when I came to Group, um, uh, mostly youth ministry was doing be, being done by volunteers. There were, there were not that many staff positions for youth ministry. Um, there weren't that many schools teaching youth ministry. There weren't that many books about youth ministry. Obviously, in the last three decades, that's changed a lot. Uh, we now have multiple national conferences and national publications and tons of resources and um, all kinds of stuff going on. And there's lots of paid staff ministry positions in youth ministry all around the country that just weren't there three decades ago. So a lot has changed over the last three decades. Um, I I came to group with a background in volunteer youth ministry. I'd never been on staff at a church as a as a paid staff youth pastor. And my other background was I was a journalist. I'd worked my way actually through college on a newspaper staff um, and that's what I thought I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to be a newspaper reporter uh, or an editor. And uh, God redirected me <laughs> through a long series of circumstances. And I ended up at 26 years old being asked by the leaders of group to take over their flagship magazine as its editor. And uh, so I'd say along the way, I've had like 10 graduate degrees being working here at group for as long as I have because – it is an environment that um, has a very specific and passionate focus on how to help people grow. It's represented by an acronym, R-E-A-L, and that stands for uh, learning the, and, uh, that is relational, experiential, applicable, and learner-based. And essentially what that means is that people learn and grow best through direct experiences and through conversation. So I've had so much experience and mentoring and training and how to engage people in a way that helps them to actually grow. Because most churches have in the past used a methodology of trying to help people grow that research tells us just doesn't work. So most most of us default to lecture, essentially. And lecture, just straight lecture, has been shown over and over again. It's just undeniable that it's the least effective form of helping to bring transformation and growth in people's lives. So what would it look like to inject your talking with a lot more experience and a lot more conversation so that people are actually growing and being transformed? So I've had, you know, like I said, a graduate education in learning and practicing that um, over the last three decades. And um, um, and I've, I always tell people my, my kids have gotten to benefit of being attached to me and getting injected into a world full of the greatest people in the world. Youth, youth workers are the most creative, courageous, engaging, um, uh, sensitive, um, connecting people I've ever met. And my kids have got to be around such an amazing uh, uh, galaxy of people in the youth ministry world over the course of this time. So so and, and I've grown with them. Um, you know, uh, youth ministry has kind of grown up around me during this time. And I've learned and grown from all of my relationships with people in youth ministry over this last period of time. And I'd say the biggest uh, tipping point in my whole stretch here 
um, uh, has been in the last decade. A decade ago, I wrote a, a book called Jesus Centered Youth Ministry that was an expression of something huge that had happened in my life that was spilling over into an approach to ministry that what would happen if everything we did in youth ministry was intentionally connected to bringing greater intimacy in our relationship with Jesus. So it began as an experiment that youth workers worked with me to, to flesh out what would this look like and uh, published this book 10 years ago, then rewrote it completely um, two years ago and re-released it um, because I'd been doing face-to-face training with people for 10 years. And this whole thing had grown and blossomed into something much bigger than I originally even envisioned. So I rewrote the book to represent what I'd learned along the way. And uh, now in just this last week, uh, the next iteration of that is I released a book called The Jesus-Centered Life, which is not ministry-based. It's just how do you live your life in a Jesus-centered way? So that journey um, has transformed my perspective about youth ministry and has changed everything that I do. Um, last year, we released a Bible called the Jesus Center Bible that our team created, and it's been a top, uh, the, the most popular Bible in the world since September. Um, so there are a lot of people out there that hunger for a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus, and um, and I do too. So that that's that's really what's changed radically in my focus, um, and everything we do here at Group in one way or another. Uh, points back to Jesus, no matter what kind of resource or event or uh, web website we're, we're creating, all of it, it uh, in some way or another, points back to a growing intimacy with Jesus. Yeah, I think I, I've kind of been a part of that, seeing that pendulum swing a little in youth ministry uh, as more and more paid staff are coming on. I mean, I started out as a volunteer um, and have kind of grown through that as well. And And along with that, Man, it's brought a whole new set of challenges, um, and I've I've really appreciated to uh, you know just to tell you like group seems to have tracked really well with that mm. with those changes from my perspective and mm. I know we we talked before but the conference in particular really encouraging and uh, I think a lot of youth pastors we all feel like we need how tos but man deep inside we just want to hear that what we do matters and I think you guys have championed that and encouraged so many. Um, and, and when people say, why should I, you know, why would I go to a, a big conference? Why would I spend the money? Why would I do that? And I'd say two things. One, to get away, especially if you're married, um, just to get away from the pace that you're yeah. running. And, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, to learn some things. But, man, just to be encouraged and to, to be recognized. I, I didn't, uh, it's funny, one of my students who graduated out of my ministries at, at, in college here at UGA, and he's having to do this, thing for a class where interviewing somebody from a, a, you know, a profession or whatever. And so I think I was just by default cause he was just home for the weekend. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so he was like, what, what's the best part of your job? What's the worst part of your job? And, you know, typical corporate kind of things. I said, well, you know, I get to see people's lives radically changed. I, I see people literally go from death to life and watch mm-hmm. students walk away from self-harm and suicide to thriving and living with just this joy filled life as they find that in Christ. But the worst part is my job is really lonely. Um, mm. You know, leading requires you to be out front, and that often means you're by yourself, and you're constantly pouring and investing in others, and rarely does anybody stop to say, hey, how are you doing? Or, um, you know, how can I pray for you? Or, you know, even thank yous. They, they, depending on your context, sometimes they, they, they never come. And, and the fruit of what we do is often seen years later. 
yeah. um, as these students leave our ministry. So for me, uh, man, that, that, that's what I love so much about mm. what I've experienced there from group and from simply, I mean, some great speakers, some great content, no doubt. Um, but just walking away feeling really encouraged and, and refreshed about what I do yeah. has been good. So I, I appreciate that. Can I throw something in there? I know we're going to talk about uh, getting the most out of a conference, but what something you just said just sparked something in me. So when I'm in front of youth workers, I almost always tell them that from my perspective over these three decades, the, the correct way to see what youth ministry is, is that youth workers are like the Navy SEALs of the church. The reason they're in the special forces is that um, we know from research that about 93% of people who ever come to Christ do so before the age of 18. So the Bible tells us we have an enemy. That's without a doubt. It's repeated over and over again. So we have an enemy who's a strategist and he's shrewd. We know that too. So he's studying how things work and he understands that um, – if he's going to throw his resources somewhere, he needs to throw it at wherever the 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 uh, the, the focus is at eighteen and, and younger. So uh, all of his resources are directed against that age group because if he can take you out before you're eighteen, then he doesn't have to work after yeah. that. Yeah. And so of course he's going to throw the kitchen sink at at children and youth. And if your job is to help engage children and youth and bring them into a deeper relationship with Jesus where they're ruined for him and they never leave him the rest of their life, then you're going to have the kitchen sink thrown at you too. And right. all of all of the things that are associated with being in special forces, and I'm not trying to use this just as a military metaphor, the truth is that people that are in military special forces, it's an honor to be involved at that level you have to have higher level of training and you and you know that your responsibility is being you're being counted on at a deeper level for yeah. for whatever reason and there are also some real hardships associated with that calling you're putting yourself at risk in a much greater way than a person in regular army would be by definition you're going into hard places um so there are things that happen for people in youth ministry that are unlike any other strata of life because of that reality. And it helps to know, I mean, I, it sounds kind of funny, but it helps to know that you're in special forces because if you think you're not, you'll get caught off guard by all the stuff that happens in youth ministry. For sure. So anyway, well, and I had a rabbit trail. No, I had a mentor really early on that would tell me often, he would say, uh, you know, Satan can't take your ministry, but he'll take your joy and then you'll gladly give up your ministry. Oh, that's profound. And, uh, Man, that has always stuck with me. And that, you know, oftentimes I think in ministry, youth ministry or otherwise, we find ourselves fighting for joy. Yeah. When you sit down, I mean, I had a conversation last night. You sit down with, you know, a, a parent or somebody who's just found out their daughter's been cutting, right? And they're, yep. what do I do? Where do I go? Or, um, you, you know, we just see so many, so many students dealing with so many things. It's hard to walk away from a lot of those conversations and say, man, I really love what I do, you know? Yeah. But as you see the gospel take root and you see Jesus show up in the lives of these students and you see him just replace that deep pain with such amazing joy and contentment in him, man, it, th- those, there's days like that that you sit back and you go, I would never do anything else in my life. 
Yeah. Oh. And, and, and that's uh, such a great insight, what you just said about your joy and it being stolen away. And I, I'm a Lord of the Rings junkie. Um, we watch the entire trilogy, the extended edition every year in our house at some time or another. And um, one of my favorite scenes in the trilogy is uh, when Aragorn and his two friends sneak away from camp. And Aragorn knows that if uh, the good is going to defeat the evil, he's going to have to do something um, extreme that requires extreme courage. And so he tries to sneak out of the camp and go recruit these um, ghosts that live under a mountain to be part of his army. And he sneaks away because he doesn't want anyone else risking their life to go where he's going to go. His friends go with him and they get to the mouth of this cave that goes into the mountain. And over the uh, the top of the cave, it says, um, all who enter here will die. And they all see it. They know they can smell death coming out of the hole in the mountain. And Aragorn says, I'm not afraid to die. And he goes into the cave and his friends follow him. And for me, that's a metaphor for all of ministry. We are called to go into the cave yeah. and there's death inside that cave. It, it, you can smell it. It's, it's difficult. It's, we go into the hardest situations, uh, but, but we stand outside of the mouth of the cave and we say, I'm not afraid to die because that's really what we've signed up for in the end. Yeah. And there is a deep joy in making that kind of commitment. There is a, it, it, it attaches itself to the deepest purpose we have in life which is joining with Jesus and setting captives free. There's nothing more fulfilling in life than partnering with Jesus to set captives free. That's it. It's the pinnacle. Yeah. And and so we good. can lose we can lose sight of that because it's not romantic. That it's real. When you go into the cave and to set captives free, damage can happen. It's hard. It's not fun always, but Man, what a calling. It's it's the greatest. I remember uh, John Acuff spoke, I think it was the Indianapolis, I think that was Indianapolis conference he spoke and in one of the general sessions. And I remember him saying uh, about youth workers, you know, you run into the fire and towards teenagers when everybody else runs yes. away. Yeah, and so I good. thought, man, that was so good. And, you yeah. know, that was years ago. And it's, it has really stuck with me. And there's a lot of moments where in all honesty, I, re- I remember that statement, and I think yep. that's what we're doing today. Today is that day. Today we're running into the fire. And that is, by the way, by way of even transitioning into all this, that, that is one of the great purposes that you've already alluded to of going to a conference. It helps you to remember what you're about and why you're doing this because you can get caught up in the weeds. You know, one of the greatest things we do as people of God is forget. We're notorious forgetters. Just read the Bible and you'll see the people of God are notorious forgetters throughout history. And we need to be reminded of the truth. And a conference can help give you three or four days to remember the truth about who Jesus is, about who you are, and about what your calling's all about. When you say, I felt encouraged at, at uh, Simply Youth Ministry Conference and I, I came away refreshed, um, I think it's because you experienced a reconnection with who you are, who Jesus is. And what you're really all about, and what is what it's really all about, and it's hard to get that unless you come away from your normal life and get a little bit of perspective for a few days. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about getting the most out of a conference. What sure. are what are a few things coming in? Maybe so. A lot of the listeners here maybe first time going to a conference if they go. Some maybe have been to a bunch. 
Uh, I've, I've been to several. I always seem to really struggle. I mean, just to be honest, those listening, this is totally a selfish um, interview because I really struggle. We talked about this a little too with, I just want to do everything, get everything, get the most out of that. And my wife tends to slow me down a lot. Um, what are some things that you would say, okay, if have these things in mind or these principles to get the most out of that experience when you go? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I've been part, uh, integral as part of a team putting on a conference for nine years now. Um, and before that I was involved in, in previous, um, uh, conference kinds of things that we did, we've done, but for the last nine years, it's been the simply youth ministry conference. So I've been on that side of it, but I'm also a person who goes to a lot of conferences as well of all different sizes and types. And so I can resonate with the going to a conference experience and what it can feel like to come away from that more tired than when you went in. And one answer for that has been with some conferences is, um, something like, um, you know what, don't go to most of the things that we've planned. Go just refresh yourself and hang out with your spouse. And I'm just being honest here. That's always bothered me. For As a person who plans a conference, right. I would rather be able to say, I want you to be able to go to most everything we offer without you feeling burned out and trashed and, and non-refreshed. So we try to create an environment in our conference environment that is by its very nature, refreshing, even though it's a training space. So I guess one thing I would say is um, uh, it is important to have a rhythm to your life at a conference. And that rhythm needs to be not just um, always being on, um, where you're taking in, taking in, taking in, trying to process. There has to be a rhythm of refreshment no matter if the conference is giving it to you or not. <laughs> so for me, that refreshment means I have to find places where I can be alone for stretches of time at a conference because I can't exist in constant engagement with what, what I'm learning and with other people. I, ha- I know myself. I have to have time alone. So no matter what conference I go to or even the one I lead – I mean, it might be shocking for people to know as much as I'm in charge of the Simply Youth Ministry Conference, but every year, no matter what city we're in, and we're always going to be in Chicago from this point forward, but no matter what city we've ever been in, um, I always get into the city during the time that we're there, even though I have so many demands on my time. And the reason I get into the city is I want to go find a place outside of the hotel that I can get some uh, outside air an outside perspective, be by myself for a little bit. I usually walk to wherever I'm going to so I can have some alone time so so that my brain can calm down a little bit and I can have a conversation with myself for a little bit. So for me, it's important to to establish a healthy rhythm. There, there are some people who are extroverts and they gain energy by being with people. So they're not tired after a four-day experience. Yeah, that's they, not me. That's not, and that's and strange. That's not most ministry people. They usually have a pretty good dose of introversion. Most ministry people do. They need. They they cannot recharge unless they get uh, some space from their connection to people. So they have to have some time alone where they can just be again. So, now, do, do you think? Because that's interesting. Because I I've noticed. It seems like I'm noticing more and more youth workers in particular, youth pastors, who seem to be more introverted than extroverted, even though the stereotype is like this crazy, 
yeah. out there extroverted. Do you think that that's shifting to more introverted as a culture? Do you think that's just the way it's always been and we just really hit it well? Uh, I think that's a fascinating question. I think youth ministry probably started out weighted toward extroverts uh, because when youth ministry was starting out, it was simply finding fun ways to engage and connect with kids. So it was really high energy and a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of the early books in youth ministry were about games because <laughs> right, that's right. what people did so much of. But as youth ministry has matured, it's become more theologically mature as well. Um, people have recognized that this could be a whole career for me. I yeah. can have my whole adult life in youth ministry. That never existed before 15 years ago or so. You couldn't do that. And so as it's grown in that kind of maturity – it's also attracted people that are typical for ministry. Most people who make an impact in other people's lives, um, they do that because they are chewing on things under the surface. They're pursuers of truth. They're chewing on those things. They have insights and prophetic input into things that comes out of a life that's spent chewing inside. And the chewers in life are, are more introverts. And so uh, you know, I hire a lot of big time speakers to speak at our conferences and events, and um, I can't think of one who's not an introvert. Wow. So why is it that people that have the most profound impact on others tend to be have a good at least a good portion of their personality is introversion? It's because they're chewing on stuff. They have something to give out of that. They're not in a reactive kind of mode. And I'm not dissing extroverts because I'm. I'm so challenged by aspects of extroversion that I don't have that are really powerful ways to engage people. But um, I do think that that um, ministry in general has moved toward having way more leaders who tend toward introversion than extroversion. I think that's so encouraging to hear because I think a lot of youth pastors that I talk to feel very diminished or less because they find themselves being so introverted. Um, and so I think just to hear, you know, and there, this is a, this is a normal thing. Yeah. And, and I bet this is probably true for you too, Jody, though you tend toward introversion when you're with people, you are fully awake and alive to them because Absolutely. you have an, you have an interior life that's going on. That's paying attention to the person you're engaging. And it can be exhausting to go from person to person at that level of engagement. So it's just natural and healthy to have rest. Jesus himself was constantly getting away from the crowd so that he could be alone. Yeah. And it's, you know, it really, it, that, that's not a, a behavior pattern to mimic. It's just a reality that he's trying to model that if you're going to be fully engaged with people, you're going to have to be fully disengaged from them during periods of time so that you can be fully present to the people that you are when you are. That's good. That's so good. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Okay, so have a rhythm, right? So for different people, that's going to look differently. For the introvert, that's going to be getting away, finding moments to, to kind of get away without neglecting the conference, obviously. And then for the extrovert, maybe it's not. Maybe they're jumping in and playing nine square. Or they're, yeah. they're kind of checking out in a different way. That's yeah. And, and, you know, I think the, the, the other conference reality is that there's lots of stuff happening from early in the morning to late at night. And that's another example of uh, – so I, I'll, I'll mention something that I think is it, – it's going to be a profound difference in our Simply Youth Ministry Conference environment this fall. It's October 7th to the 9th this fall. 
um, we made a decision um, this year that we're not going to have what you typically do have at the end of your evening general session, and that's have a performance band play. We don't have any of those um, this year, but we do have stand-up comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Two of the three nights, we have comedy that um, is not just a late-night option. It's embedded into the end of our general session and spills over a little bit. So the reason we're doing that is what I've noticed as a person going to a conference and, and watching people experience our conference is that people need a release. They just need to be, to feel refreshed and be able to release and relax. And comedy does that better than almost anything else. So the reason why the skit guys are at every conference and they're at our conference, we've had a long relationship with them. They're always the highest rated thing at our conference. Why is that? Because people recognize what medicine that is for them. So I'd say another thing to do if you're at a conference is if you're going to skip something, don't skip the comedy. Because that that will refresh you. That will recalibrate you. That will – it's not a throwaway. It helps to make you human again. Um, So – and at a conference, you get access to um, uh, funny people – that you don't normally get that level of funny in your everyday life. So (laughs) it's good to not skip that, I think. That's That's another way to refresh yourself. That's great. Okay. What else you got? Um, You know, at our our deal, uh, our conference is built around uh, eight-hour tracks. Those are the focal point. Those are the places that we hope people do sign up for. We also offer half tracks and workshops. But a full track is eight hours. It's four hours on Saturday and four hours on Sunday. And we hope most people um, decide to go to one of those tracks. Um, And the reason why is um, it helps to, again, talking about our soul, if you're going to give yourself to eight hours um, in one track space um, led by one leader, there's a continuity there that is – goes counter to the reactive way we live our lives where we're jumping around all the time, multitasking constantly, going to one thing that lasts eight hours allows you to get very pragmatic, very hands-on, very experiential. It allows a lot of time for questions and dialogue and conversation. And it also is good for the soul because you're not jumping around between stuff. So if that's not an option for the conference you're going to, um, I, I would find the closest thing to that. <laughs> so if it means, um, I, that I'm going to a conference that only offers, uh, one-off workshops, maybe I'll go in my four, uh, workshop times, maybe I'll go to the same workshop speaker two or three times in a row. So I get a continuity of that person's life and experience and leadership. So it's not exhausting me with, just jumping around from one perspective to another. Oh, now I'm in a different workshop and he's saying the exact opposite of the thing I just came out of. <laughs> right. So that has this inner interior quality of, of, of it just wears you out. So um, I'd say if you don't have the option of, of sticking with a leader for a good chunk of time, then, then piece together that whatever workshops that one person is doing, choose somebody that's doing multiple workshops and, and, and go to them. That, that could help as well. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a good, one of the great things about a conference is that they're usually in a pretty nice hotel and that pretty nice hotel usually has pretty nice things like swimming pools and exercise rooms 
and other stuff like that. It usually has a coffee shop. These are all places that can, if you'll take advantage of them, can help um, slow down your motor (laughs) inside because that's the key is slow down your motor a little bit. Um, The other thing I'd say is um, that uh, finding a way to connect with people um, at a conference, especially um, uh, if you're there alone or with one other friend, finding a way to branch out and connect with other people can be very refreshing. It's hard when you're getting over that first hump of meeting a new person, but in the end, meeting new people and finding new just just like you shared about your green dot experience yeah. of yeah. of you know you met some haphazardly you met some people at simply youth ministry conference you never knew before, and that those new connections enriched you, they refreshed you, they energized you. So I think that's another aspect. Don't isolate yourself. Find a way to connect with other people, especially during the times like uh, the public times when there's no workshops or general sessions going on. Maybe it's lunchtime or dinner time. Find a way to connect with some new people because that can really be energizing. Yeah, and that was, I mean, really, that's been that's been probably the greatest takeaway for us, aside from just the refreshing, is the people we've met. You know, I, I mentioned to you before we started there about the the couple from Oklahoma that we met and. You know, we I, we still keep in touch with them on a pretty regular basis. They come every year, we come every year, and we hang out the whole week. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, at the the last one in Indianapolis, I, I met a guy there uh, from West Virginia, new youth guy just starting out. Was actually introduced by a friend. He's been on the podcast. His name's David Leroy. And man, I we just kind of began this mentorship with me kind of helping him along and and, and walking through his first few years of ministry there in West Virginia. And both of those came out of just relationships that were formed really at, at the conference that were kind of a byproduct of it. And, uh, and they've been amazing. They've been amazing. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, a there, there's a couple other things that I think are important, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to talk about these things as if they're a should, like I'm, you know, saying this is what you should do. But one of the things we recognized about three years ago is that um, because of the youth ministry environment and context and the demands and the stress and and the temptations that surround it, um, a lot of youth ministry people tend to not live physically healthy. There's an obesity problem in youth ministry. There's a fitness problem in youth ministry. The foods that we serve kids that we eat ourselves are usually not very healthy. Um, There's a lot of stuff that surrounds this lifestyle um, the stress included that is just not healthy for a human being to live that way. And then it can get lived out at a conference setting as well. So we started something three years ago called Simply Fit. And it's we found a, a large room um, in our conference location, wherever it was. And we have some people on staff that are trained CrossFit people. And they devised an hour-long Simply Fit time early in the morning before everything started that was accessible for anybody at any exercise level. And what it did was it helped uh, a large number of people get up and moving and active before this long day of sitting in chairs and listening to other people and, and talking to other people. It helped them to get active and moving, which really helps your energy level and your outlook from the beginning. So we'll be doing that again this year. But if that's not an available option at a conference you're going to, I know it sounds crazy, but I would go to the exercise room and spend 15 minutes, if that's all it takes, moving. Or instead of 
um, you know, taking a cab or a train or whatever to go into town, you know, go into the city, walk to some place that, that you can go to, to get some exercise, get your body moving, your blood flowing. It really does impact your energy level and your outlook. If you're physically active during a conference experience. And the other thing that's really tough in a conference location is trying to eat well, um, yeah. and get and get enough sleep. All of these things are things our mom tells us we're supposed to do, but <laughs> yeah. The bottom line is we all know this. When we don't get enough sleep and we eat poorly, we don't feel very good. And it's hard to be in a conference environment when your energy level is low and your mental capacities are diminished because – so I, you know, I, I do the best I can to try to eat well and get some movement um, and get enough sleep when I'm at a conference because that really does improve my experience. Yeah, I think those are really – and even just from the refreshing aspect, because a lot of us don't do those things. You're right. I mean, you know, we've we've got students at our houses a lot where our events are running late. The pace of the weekends tends to be yep. really, really busy. So yep. just to be able to get away and rest and sleep a full night's sleep. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. That is a rarity, especially if you're young and you got young kids at home. I mean, most of mine are older now. Um, so we're kind of beyond that. But, yeah, I think that's so good. That's so good. Okay, so can we can we transition? I want to talk sure. about, just a, briefly about the conference. You've already yeah. talked about it some. Um, just to like kind of let folks know what's coming, it is in October, right? The seventh through the ninth in Chicago. Right. And there's a we have a, a pre conference options on Friday that are extra that are uh, four hour uh, times. We have I think five of those offered. Uh, they're all called boot camps, but they're very diverse in their in their focus. And we also have a post conference retreat that we're doing this for the first time led by Floyd McClung, who's a kind of a legendary iconic figure in youth with a mission. He used to be one of the, the top leaders in youth with a mission for a long time. He wrote a book about, I don't know, 30 years ago called the father heart of God that changed, changed the Christian landscape for a lot of people. And, uh, he's a, he's what I'd call, um, an iconic figure in youth ministry who's lived a, an incredibly Indiana Jones type of life as a youth with a mission uh, a missionary in the red light district of, of, of Amsterdam for most wow. of his ministry career. So he's going to be leading a four hour retreat on the Monday after the conference ends. And that's an extra add on thing as well. So you can extend your experience into this spiritual retreat with Floyd McClung. Um, so it starts on the, on a Friday, uh, the first official thing we do besides these pre-conference times is our general session that night. And then it goes Saturday and Sunday and we end with our general session on Sunday night. It's in Chicago at the Chicago Hyatt near the airport. And, uh, we love that venue because it, <coughs> excuse me, it offers a, uh, something unusual in a hotel. It has a conference. Uh, it has a, a, uh, a general session room that is large enough to have a big, big crowd in, but it's in the hotel, not in a conference center. Hmm. So you can go directly up the elevator. I mean, up the, uh, uh, yeah, up the elevator to your room, uh, come down and you're right where all the conference stuff is happening. Nice. So we, we like this environment where it feels small, even though you're with a lot of people and we, we want to try to create a retreat kind of environment. And that's what youth workers say they experience when they come. So uh, we've decided that the Chicago Hyatt at the airport is one of the few places in the country that has everything we want 
So we're just going to have it there every year. Cool. And uh, it, it, we're actually going to be every other year. On the off year, we'll be doing regional one-day training around the country. So we did that for the first time this last fall. Yeah. So uh, it'll be in Chicago. It's uh, Chicago's one of the cheapest places to fly into in America. That was another consideration we gave. We want to make this as least expensive as possible. And it's also within driving distance for a lot of people that are in the youth ministry world. So, so there you have it. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, man, I, I just, I, I want to thank you again, just for coming on. Thanks for all that you do there. Um, putting on the conference, just that group as a whole. I, I've, uh, like I said earlier, been really, I've benefited a whole bunch from the, the work that you're doing. And so I know so many others have, um, and especially, especially for the conferences, I know that that doesn't happen overnight. There's been a lot of work going into this and it's been a long time coming. So yeah, I'm really well, excited. Well, I appreciate it. that, Jody. I really do. And if, if anyone wants to check out our speaker lineup and what this environment is going to be like, they can go to SYMC16.com. It's pretty easy. SYMC16.com. And that's the number yeah. one, six, right? one, six. Yeah. And you can see our speaker lineup and, uh, chosen very, <laughs> Uh, intentionally to help us create the kind of rich environment of uh, training and intimacy with Jesus that we're looking for. So um, I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, Rick. Thank you so much, man. I I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll run into each other there in Chicago. Pretty soon. (laughs) All right. Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, Jody. All right. Bye. Well, there you go. Great interview with Rick. I so appreciate his heart for youth ministry and for youth pastors, particularly his encouragement. He is always, always, always encouraging youth pastors and youth workers. I've never heard him speak or really seen him write where that is not present. And so I just appreciate that so much. I think that is something that is often overlooked. We can really easily get into talking about all of the difficulties of ministry, all of the pain of ministry, And certainly that is present, and there's a need for that conversation. But I think maybe a greater need is just encouragement and being reminded of what we do. And I appreciate Rick for that and how he does that, how Simple Youth Ministry does that, um, and certainly how Group does that, um, even in uh, the writing in the magazine and all the articles and perspective that they bring. I hope you'll check out the conference for sure as it's coming up in October. I am planning on being there, and so... If you end up at the conference, be sure to give me a shout. Maybe we can grab some coffee or something along the way. I'd love to be able to touch base and connect through that. Again, all of the links and resources that we have mentioned, you can find at the show notes page, thelongerhall.com slash episode 038. I'll have links in there for the conference as well as the books there that we mentioned um, from Rick and those resources. Great, great books, great resources um, certainly from a guy who loves Jesus and loves the church and loves youth ministry. So I hope you'll go and check those out. And then finally, I just ask if you're enjoying the show and you're finding it helpful, share it with other youth pastors and youth workers that you know so that they can also find the show and be helped by it. That's why I do the show is to help encourage and equip other youth pastors and youth workers to be able to stay put and really stay in this thing for the longer haul. And uh, one of the best ways that you can do that, aside from just sharing it, is heading over to iTunes or Stitcher and write and leave a review there. It just takes a couple minutes, but is a huge encouragement to me, for sure, and helps a lot with the rankings in iTunes. More than anything else, just a written review 
uh, really helps there with the rankings and helps other youth pastors and youth workers be able to find uh, the show as they're looking through and searching for uh, some podcast resources. So if you don't mind taking a few minutes to do that, I appreciate it a ton. Also, just want to encourage you to check out the resource page on thelongerhall.com. Lots of resources there that I use and some things I recommend just to kind of help you out along the way, as well as jump on the mailing list if you're not already on there. A few thousand of you are, I know. And so you get an email from me every week, just some helpful things, different pointing you maybe to articles or podcast episodes you may have missed, and really a lot of things exclusive to the mailing list. Uh, They're just random thoughts or encouragements or things I'm learning and picking up along the way that I share some tips and tricks just to the mailing list. So if you've not already done that, you can head over to thelongerhall.com. And uh, as you're checking out the resource page there, you can also subscribe to the mailing list as well. And so again, just thanks all for, thank you so much for all that you do for your students and the families that you serve. Thanks for being a part of the Longer Hall. Certainly thanks for checking out the podcast and we'll see you in the next episode. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.